Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's this week's episode. Welcome everyone to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. I'm Jessie Ledoux McMullen, Pageant Planet's Queen of Customer Success, and I'm joined by Miss America 2018, Cara Mund. Welcome, Cara. Hi, thanks, Jessie. So it's hard to believe, but this is our first chat in the new year. And I have been meaning to ask you, do you have New Year's resolutions? Oh my goodness. Yes, a few. Um, so, you know, going into 2020, you know, I heard that really great quote about, you know, how 2020 is going to be the year you get everything you want. And instead, it was the year that you appreciate everything you have. And so I'm definitely taking that mentality into 2021, um, recognizing that it's probably going to still be a pretty difficult year for all of us. And so really showing empathy to, to all those around me and also, you know, just being kind to yourself. And, you know, if you come across any roadblocks, or, you know, challenges to try to, you know, be strategic and, you know, figure out what lessons you can learn from it and, you know, how to how to overcome it. So um, definitely a positive mindset going into 2021 and upholding that through all the trials and tribulations we're about to potentially experience. Yeah, I loved um, there were so many good memes about 2020 becoming 2021. My favorite was like, (laughs) Nobody proclaim 2021 as your year. We're going to walk in very slowly. Don't touch anything. And I feel like we just have to hope for the best that 2021 is a better year for everyone. And um, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you have a highlight of 2020? Because I don't think it was all bad. Yeah, no, it was it was still a good year for me. I mean, getting to to go to HLS, um, so Harvard Law School, and and being a transfer was probably the highlight. And so, in a year that definitely was not what we expected, um, I felt like I I was able to still accomplish one of my dreams, which was pretty exciting. So, what about for you, Jesse? Well, my highlight was definitely getting married. It certainly wasn't the way I planned. I mean, I had a lovely backyard wedding for twenty eight people. And it was the most beautiful, perfect day. And it wasn't what we imagined, but I'm just glad we did it because we've been together for so long that it just was a really great relief to go through with it. But eventually we'll have our big blowout party like we always wanted. But I mean, being married is really fun. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) Oh, good, good. (laughs) So this month has been all about mindset at Pageant Planet. All of the content you've been seeing, the Pageant Daily newsletters that you've been receiving. If you don't get the Pageant Daily newsletter, uh, go ahead to our articles page on pageantplanet.com and subscribe. Our team does the most phenomenal job of compiling deals in the pageant industry, pageant news, world news, so that you can be up to date with your pageant preparation and just being an overall great advocate for the pageant industry. So if you're not already on that, I would highly recommend it. So everything you're seeing has been about mindset and it's critical to success in any area of your professional life, your personal life. But what does a great pageant mindset look like to you, Cara? Yeah, you know, it's I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, 
pageantry in general is a pretty competitive environment. And I think, you know, having the mindset that you've done everything you possibly can, that you're going to bring your best self to the competition um, and not just, you know, on the on the days that you're competing, but, you know, leading up to it and even after it. These these are all important perspectives to have, um, you know, and, and recognizing that, you know, different day, different set of judges, you know, you might have performed differently or the outcome could potentially be different. And so just recognizing that there's so many outside factors you can't control, um, but what you can control is your mindset, you know, how you perform and just how you approach the entire experience. And I think that's so critical that you just said, like the, the whether that you win or you lose, you have to go in with a mindset that explores every option because all of the subject subjectivity in our industry can be so challenging to deal with and to come to terms with. I mean, I think about, um, I don't know if you do this, Cara, but I think of mistakes I made in my very first patent and things I would have, I would still go back and have done differently because the outcome wasn't what I wanted. And it's really challenging to just accept things and move on all the time. Like there's some that I'm just like, yep, you know what? I wasn't my day. It wasn't my day that day. <laughs> um, but it's, it's critical to be in that, that headspace leading into a pageant. Absolutely. And, and being able to learn from it. You know, I do the same thing. I think back and it's like, okay, well, I know not to do that again, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you take it beyond pageantry. Um, I've been doing quite a few interviews for summer positions just as a law student. And, you know, there's so many times where I get asked a question that I think, hmm, if I wouldn't have done a pageant interview, and if I wouldn't have had this experience of not knowing the answer to a question, I don't think I would have handled this question as gracefully or, you know, just, just recognizing that what you're doing it's not just for the crown it's for so many other parts of your life and those experiences while you may think back you know like closely you know just you know year after two years after you might even be thinking back like decades later um and it's something that you know you can really carry through all aspects of your life that's so true i'm doing um job interviews for a new position at our company right now and the one thing that I value so much is when someone, like something you just said exactly was people that are honest if they don't know the answer to something. And patent contestants often always feel like they have to have not only the, like, not only an answer, but the right answer. And as a result, sometimes they shy away from honesty. And because they're afraid to be embarrassed, they don't know the answer. But when someone in an interview in the professional world can say, you know what? I really appreciate that question but I actually don't know the answer. But here's what I'm gonna do to find that answer eventually. And with a, with a concrete plan of not just, I'm gonna look into that. Um, so recognizing that it's okay to not have the answer. And this has been a very long introduction and you're probably listening like, what the heck are we even talking about today? Um, so I will introduce you to the fact that there's, we're going to be do, introducing a different type of podcast every few weeks and it's called Conversations That Matter. And the idea for Conversations That Matter on the Pageant Planet podcast came from a conversation that we did back in May, May or June with my friend Elise Banks around the Black Lives Matter movement and racial inequality in the pageant industry. And we got a ton of feedback, good, bad, and different about our willingness to step up and have that conversation. So that's how the 
the brainchild of Conversations That Matter was born. And this month's Conversations That Matter theme, how many times can I say Conversations That Matter? Are you counting? It's probably 10 <laughs> by now, is bullying in pageantry. It's something that I think every single contestant experiences either firsthand or alongside someone else. And the reason we thought it was the right time to have that conversation that matters is because when you're talking about mindset and pantry, bullying can be a major roadblock. And I would say, and Cara, tell me if you think there's more than this, but for me, I think there's three types of bullying that's experienced in the industry. The first is between contestants. The next is a system versus a contestant. And the last is bullying amongst fans. Am I missing anyone? No, I think I think that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so what we'll do today is we've compiled a bunch of questions that we've gotten at Pageant Planet about this topic, and Kara and I are just going to give our personal experience, share stories that we might be familiar with, just to, to get that conversation going and so people understand that you're not alone, that you probably do have a story that's relatable and maybe some action steps that you can take if you either are... Uh, the target of bullying, or you witness it for someone else. Sound good? Sounds great. I'm excited. So the first question is, what's the difference between opinions and bullying? Because judging comes hand in hand with pageantry in an official sense. So, so Carl, what do you think the difference between those two is? Yeah, you know, I've, I've thought about this a lot. And, you know, the definition of bullying is to seek harm, to intimidate or coerce someone, um, specifically someone that's seen as vulnerable. And as contestants, we're all pretty vulnerable. We're going into an experience where you are being judged and primarily by people that you don't know. You're putting yourself out there as you walk out on stage. Some people have done it numerous times, but for others, it can be the very first time. Mm -hmm. So definitely the difference is, you know, having having comments stated to you that are meant to put you down. Um, that's when someone's really bullying and, you know, knowing that that's going to impact your performance where opinions that can be something like, you know, Oh, I really love that color dress. Or, you know, I could see, you know, your performance could really be better if you do this. And, you know, that's, that's a way of critiquing that allows you to become a stronger competitor, a stronger, um, you know, woman in interviews. And as you prepare for jobs and all of that insight is, is, is so crucial of just bettering yourself, but it's the comments that are there that really aren't productive to the conversation that are meant to kind of throw you off your game or to make you feel, you know, like you don't belong. And those are the ones that should not be tolerated. Yes, and we, we always go back and forth at Pageant Planet about hit or miss. The hit or miss column, that's actually where I started in Pageant Planet. I uh, wrote the hit or miss column for about a year and a half. It's a lot of gowns to review. And when I'm writing it, I'm writing it from a place of coaching. So this is something that works really well for this contestant. Here's how you can apply that in your own evening gown search. And here's something that may not have worked. And here's how you can avoid that. And then, so in, for me, as someone that wrote that column, it was always an opinion piece, one. And two, it was constructive. And it was usually about the gown and not the person. It was when the comment section opened up that we really got into dangerous territory. And if you notice, we don't do um, we don't do hit or miss on our Facebook page anymore. We do it on Instagram, where people submit for themselves when they're really curious, and we do monitor those those comments very closely. And it's when someone, like you said, that like they're saying, "What a horrible color choice." Like that's 
I mean, it's an opinion. It's a nice opinion. Probably keep it to yourself. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's bullying. But again, we're real people. And it's not like, it's not someone like a celebrity that you see on the red carpet where they're likely several layers removed and they're a millionaire and they could give a hoot less what we think as people. Um, so there is a really difficult gray area there. Um, but you're right. It's got to be rooted in constructive um, feedback to help you improve. Um, and my, I always wonder too, Cara, as someone that's coached contestants, sometimes I see pictures and I'm like, oh, why did that person make that decision? And in my mind, I'm like, I really want to tell them that they could do so much better for themselves, but it's not my business because they haven't asked for it. Has anyone ever like given you unsolicited feedback? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think too, for me, it came to the point of like, that's great. You think that, but I can't change it at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, and I probably wouldn't do it the same way. And I learned because I wasn't successful in the competition or, you know, didn't hit the goal that I wanted to hit competing. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's definitely, you know, light waters to tread. And, um, another thing I always think of is, you know, before the comment is stated, is this something that I would like someone to say? to me? Mm -hmm. uh, is it something that will help me in the future? And if it's no, then again, it's, it's probably best to just keep it to yourself. <laughs> I just heard, um, this is a former pageant competitor, Victoria Jamison. She competed in Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, maybe Texas. I'm not sure which state actually for the Miss America program. And now she's a TikTok star. So of course I follow her on TikTok and she kind of addressed some bullying she was receiving in her comments. And she said, my mother always told me there's a three-second rule, five-second rule. I don't remember which one. And it was if that person can't impact what you're about to say in the next three seconds, don't say it. So, for example, if, Cara, if I have food in my teeth and you tell me I can fix that in the next three seconds and then it's over. But if I get my hair dyed a color that maybe you don't love and you say, oh, my gosh, I hate that color on you, there's nothing I can do about it in that moment. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay. We just keep that one to ourselves. I thought that was really interesting, that take. Did you, have you ever heard that before? I haven't, but I, I, I agree. And I think that's, it's great. It's great. I think the other thing about bullying and pageantry and getting a little off topic here, and please send feedback for these conversations that matter. If you like the free flowing nature, if you don't let us know, but so many contestants that I work with that are clients Join, and this is my story too, for those who have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know this, I ventured into pageantry because I was experiencing bullying in my personal life. So I was looking for a way to show my shine to someone else uh, that was an objective uh, objective observer. And that's why I got into pageantry. So it's a shame that you, so many of us get to that place where we're like, okay, pageantry is the equalizer because there's no preconceived notions about me, who I am, what I do, who I know, etc. So it's a shame that this trickles into this world because it's supposed to be a safe haven for so many people. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories. I experienced bullying too at, you know, a young age. And I think part of it too is just, you know, as women, society kind of puts us against one another and it's mm -hmm. this constant competing to, to be at the top. And it's really when women empower each other that we really can, can reach those goals. And so that's like the real purpose of, of pageantry. And when you experience that in pageantry, you really realize the power of, of the industry. Um, but when you are on the opposite side of it, it really comes down to, is this, is this worth it? And, um, you know, by promoting positivity in this space, you're, you're helping 
helping to increase it overall. And so it's so crucial. And um, I just really appreciate, too, that we're doing this conversation because it is something that can be pretty difficult to talk about. Yes. And so I'm going to segue into the next question that we had was um, with technology, I'm sure it is so different to compete in pageants in the 2000s than it was in the 70s and and everything in life. Life is so different because of technology. So let's talk about cyberbullying and pageantry and how is our industry susceptible to cyberbullying? Do you have um, experience with cyberbullying and pageantry, Cara? Oh, yeah. Um, I... I think, you know, now more than ever, contestants are, are faced with those anonymous comments from, you know, the, the critics on Instagram that don't actually have a person behind it. And you can tell that they're the fake accounts. Mm. Um, there's like the the forums where people go and write their, write their opinions, but not necessarily in the most positive way, or as we said, constructive criticism. Um, so, I mean, the the anonymous aspect of online. I mean, we see bullying in middle school and high school and it's, it's infiltrated pageantry and such a disappointing way. Um, for me personally, I remember as Miss America, how many comments I would get. And, um, it was interesting because even though it was an anonymous forum, I have one instance where someone had had made this comment and I was able to actually figure out who it was. Um, I still don't think this individual knows that I know mm. that they've said this. Um, and, uh, and, you know, to me, it, it's kind of empowering knowing that now I know this. And so when future contestants ask about this individual, and unfortunately, this individual is in the coaching space, um, you know, I just don't recommend them because I know what they're willing to say about about women in the industry. And, um, you know, it's it's this interesting space of, you know, it is important to for contestants to know how to better themselves. And that's why we're doing pageantry in general. But when we take out the name aspect and, and there's really not a person type behind it, those comments and as they build up can be so hurtful and damaging that you really wonder, you know, why did I do this in the first place? I remember when I was 17 competing at Miss New York, I I was, I mean, as a high school kid, like I, what else was I doing? I was on the boy forums. Like what, like there was Mm -hmm. nothing else for me to be doing. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a boyfriend. There was nothing else to do. And I was obsessed with pageants. So I was constantly on them. And the day the headshots were released, uh, someone on the Voy forums brought me up and said that by my headshot, they thought I was a contender. It was all positive. And then there was a reply that says, sure, she's pretty if you like small woodland animals. And I was like, at 17 years old, I was heartbroken by that. And, and now, now I laugh about it because it's just comical to me. But again, we, we're not all on the same confidence journey and timeline and that sort of thing. Like, I don't, I don't even remember how I reacted to that, but it, it still sticks with me because I still talk about it clearly. But um, those forums are so dangerous. I did notice that there's a there was a very famous USB um, or a forum called USB United States of Beauty, Voiboard. I loved that as well. And they cover usually Miss USA, Miss Universe, and they I've noticed they have a Facebook group now where a lot of the regular posters uh, post there too, and you see who they are, what they say. Um, and I think one, like you said, when you take out a name, like people will do and say anything if they're not held accountable to it. So, um, I would say like pageant accounts and forums, like they are to me the biggest contributors to this. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, 
you know, it, it's, and it's this, you know, constant when one person says it and then someone else wants to piggyback, but then you don't know if it actually is another person or if they're just building off their own comments to make like that perception is seen by numerous people. And, you know, it, it can be really, really damaging. And I know some of the best advice I had heard was, you know, just don't go on those. And, you know, fortunately for me, I didn't know they existed until much later on in my, my pageant journey. Um, so, you know, I was able to, to feel a little less, um, you know, just, just overall. Yeah. I, I think too, because we're subjective, there's a lot of things that get said behind closed doors that you would never say publicly. And, you know, I think it is okay to have those conversations with your loved ones as long as you trust people in the room and mm-hmm. they know your heart. I think when people uh, people get in trouble when they're having those conversations with people that are not in their circle. Because in the pageant industry, there's a, I'm sure you know this, there's a lot of people that are in your corner until they're not or until you're not winning or until they get going on their next person because people just kind of latch and move along, whether it's um, directorships, fans, volunteers, what have you. Um and that's really where I find a lot of the rumors and the chit chat start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, it is interesting, you know, who's who's in your circle and who's always going to be there, you know, through the good and the bad. And, um, you know, that's really important, I think, as a contestant, especially as you are going up and, you know, you're doing your state competitions and the national level, um, you know, bullying is experienced on on all aspects. But especially when you are, you know, seen as a as a contender, uh, it's, you know, one way that people like to try to pull you down. Definitely. And it's easy to say, yes, you can say certain things behind closed doors as long as you wouldn't repeat it publicly. But even that overall thinking um, is just really, really dangerous. And I've, I've been sucked into it as well. Like I've said things that I, if, I, if people found out that I said them, I'd be mortified. And as a result of that, it's, it's made me, as I get older, really think about, are my words intentional and are they necessary? And um, I think we can all just do a better job at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's thoughts that are better staying as thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Not being said. Um, so have, have you ever experienced bullying at the hands of other contestants? Because we did talk about contestant to contestant being one of, one of the forms of bullying. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like throughout my my journey, I've kind of experienced all aspects of like we talked about in a previous podcast being the underdog. And at that point, like I, I really wasn't getting the comments because no one was really seeing me as a threat. Um, and it was, you know, it was kind of a nice way to compete because I just really got to enjoy it. Um, but when you're coming back as a contestant, you know, potentially, you know, you did really well the year before and, you know, people see you as a threat, they're much more willing to criticize your, your performance this time around. And, um, so I've experienced it on that end. Um, I've also been someone who's kind of been the bystander and watch it happen among contestants. Um, and that's, that's a really difficult position to be placed in because it is such a competitive environment. Um, and it is something that I think needs to be addressed right away if it's something that you know there's this feeling that it will be tolerated throughout the entire competition it's not going to stop and so kind of figuring out where your place is you know is this 
something that I can say? Or, you know, is it going to start impacting my performance? Am I going to start getting, you know, some of the comments as well? It's kind of up to you if that's that's what you're willing to take on. Um, you know, is there someone in the pageant leadership that I can go to and let them know about this? Um, I almost feel like, you know, the longer the pageant week is, the more likely that this type of um I don't, I don't want to call it necessarily drama, but, you know, that this environment kind of is fostered, uh, unfortunately. And so recognizing that as well is if this is happening on day one or day two, it's probably just going to continue to get worse. Um, so, you know, it's it definitely is something that I've experienced, that I have witnessed, that I've tried to figure out what the best way. And I think you just need to know yourself and know, is this something I'm willing to say something about? And what is the best way to to kind of, you know, nip this so that it doesn't continue? Do you mind sharing? And maybe you don't even remember the details. Remember sharing the story of the time you were a bystander? Yeah. Um, again, it was one of these experiences where one of the other contestants, um, you know, really, really wanted to win. And they had, we had quite a few returning, um, you know, front runners, first runner up, I think a third runner up, uh, you know, fourth runner up. And um, this contestant who really wanted to win was one of them and felt like, you know, the best way to get to the top was to make comments kind of behind another contestant's back, kind of rally a few girls that, you know, it's, it's such a competitive environment that someone says something and it might be, you know, enticing to to want to listen in and oh what's the what's she saying and you know you just got to not do that um but it became obvious that it was kind of a side against a side mm. and um you know it was oh so and so is trying to you know say bad things about me or um you know one contestant was criticizing another contestant's dress and making the comment oh she should have wore what she wore last year you know um you know, just just things like that where it's like it doesn't matter at this point this is what that contestant chose and you know your comments really aren't helping at all. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, especially in environments, you know, they always say that the bullies, it's, it's this, you know, lack of confidence in themselves. And so that's really is how I've seen it is when, you know, a contestant, a contestant doesn't feel as confident in their abilities. And so they feel like they need to tear someone else down to, to build that confidence. Um, so, and I've, I've been very fortunate that my circle was always pretty supportive during the competition. And so I didn't really, you know, I, I always felt like, you know, those comments, I could brush them off, but not everyone is that way. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough, but I mean, all, all my years of competing, I can think of at least one instance where it happened and, um, different levels of severity, but you know, you never want to be on the receiving end of that. And you should never, ever be on the delivering end. Well, I also find like, I'm very fortunate. I have not experienced direct bullying in pageantry, uh, which is a great thing, especially amongst contestants. I do feel like for the most part, contestants have a understanding and a camaraderie that's very special. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it doesn't happen. What I do find though, it's usually, uh, we're going to get into these later, but families, I feel like are really, um, play a part in, con in contestant to contestant bullying, because if you are not successful in your pageant, they're hurting for you as well. They also remember, didn't have the same experience you did with these people and they will lash out in ways that you never would. And that's a really hard thing to control because again, 
they're not a contestant. They can say thing. They can get away with saying things that you can't directly. What no matter what you're feeling. So it's important to have those conversations with your with your circle and to make sure that they know. Like we don't want to talk about people or things in this way uh, or pageant staffs. And we'll we'll get into that um, at a later time. But um, so what can we do? What can we do if if we experience bullying? amongst contestants. So you said you were a bystander. You said you've witnessed it. What would you suggest people do if they are the target or if they are witnessing it? Yeah, I think one thing you can do for the for the individual who's the target is just let them go up to them, let them know that you heard it, you disagree with it. That's not, you know, that individual is just feeling um, self-conscious and taking it out on them. So kind of building up that that person um, so that they know that they're not alone in this and that, you know, they have someone in their corner is is crucial. Um, I think the next thing is either to, you know, it, again, it depends on the situation. It depends on the personality. It depends on your level of comfort because you also, you know, this is a competitive environment and, you know, you don't want to also feel like because you said something now there's going to be retaliation or, or something like that. Um, so, you know, if you feel comfortable going up to the individual who said that and, and calling them out, um, you know, and, and it, it can be in a, in a very private matter. I remember witnessing one part in a, in a competition and I saw some someone actually pulled the girl aside and said, you know, I don't think you realize the impact that that's going to have. And, um, we, you know, the apology was issued shortly after. And, you know, it is a high stress environment. And so sometimes comments are made that are not meant to be, um, you know, really giving a lot of harm. And and so that's another thing to keep in mind is sometimes, you know, you just need to bring it to light. Uh, but then another thing is if this is constant behavior and you can tell that there's really not much you can do is potentially going to, you know, someone in the leadership and letting them know that this is what's happening, um, you know, that this is just not a comfortable environment. And, you know, they usually they usually can bring it to light. Um, I remember specifically um, when I was an outstanding teen contestant, um, there was actually a, a little bit of drama that that happened. And this was at our national competition. And the choreographer, who was someone that we had all had, you know, daily contact with, sat us all down and she said, you know, you're representatives of your state and you're a representative of women of this age. And, you know, this is how upper authority sees you as as middle school high school girls is that this is kind of a, a catty environment and so you're really setting the example and once she brought it to light and it became obvious that this would not be tolerated the entire um week really shifted and i think again it was yeah, you know, you don't want to think a contestant's trying to be malicious, um, you know, and, and a lot of times it is that, you know, I'm nervous and I'm going to say something and I don't realize the impact of my statement. Um, so, you know, bringing it to light is is one of the the best ways, I think, but there's numerous ways to to do that. So that kind of brings us to our next question, actually. It says, how can directors prevent bullying at their pageants or events? So you just mentioned one, bringing it to light. I think acknowledging something is the first step to getting it out in the open. The other mm -hmm. thing I want to mention from that original conversation that matter that we had with Elise uh, when we were talking about racial inequality, the first thing we talked about was directors can have um, a diverse representation on their judging panel and on their staff. So if the bullying feels like it's coming from a place of people are different and are being targeted as a result of that, having other people on staff that are reflective of who they are 
personality-wise, upbringing-wise, racially, etc., may make people feel more comfortable in that environment going to someone that they see very much as a mirror of themselves. So that is my suggestion, is thinking about your staff members and how, how diverse are they, in, again, in race, personality, background, conversation style that someone can see themselves in them that they can go and feel comfortable if they need to. But so that's my first one that I'd like to say about Cara. Do you have any? Yeah, I, I think that's great. Um, and, and, you know, the people in charge really are the ones kind of setting the tone and creating the environment. And um, so definitely representation and also just knowing that this is not going to be tolerated. Uh, you know, I've been on the judging panel where, you know, a director did come in and let us know about an instance that had happened. And, um, you know, it was kind of up to us of whether or not it was going to impact our judging. But I know for me personally, I think it did because I I did not want to, you know, have someone being a representative of all of the women who competed that was not friendly to those girls um, or tried to put those girls down. And so that's something, too, as a, as a contestant, I've also seen, you know, someone who's made not the best comments and have kind of torn other girls down, you know, almost be rewarded still. And and that's really difficult to watch, too. And so, um, you know, I think it's definitely up to the system. It's definitely up to the directors. But, you know, for a system that says that they do not tolerate it, they actually need to practice it. And so that they know that there will be repercussions and and that that's not OK to to treat women like that. Um, another thing that, you know, I've I've witnessed is um directors playing favoritism of contestants. And that also kind of does not create a, um, I guess, inviting environment for all contestants um, or giving special treatment to certain contestants, certain resources to certain contestants. So just making sure that, you know, this is going to be a fair playing field for for all um, is really important. And I think because the conversation has really evolved since when I was competing and when I witnessed some of these things, um, you know, I like to hope that it's it's not the same. And, you know, because the conversation is out there that we really are making a difference. Um, you know, as a judge, I, I've seen that. But, um, you know, I, I really think it, it is a top down. And if you know that the leaders at the top will not tolerate it, I think it is a lot less likely to occur. I'm so glad you said that because I was writing that down as we were speaking. I was like, oh, that's actually something I never would have thought of. But playing favorites has multiple effects, I think. The first is if you are perceived as a director or staff favorite, often that can lead to targeting of bullying to that person because now they're a more imminent threat in people's minds. So that's something that works against you from a bullying standpoint. The other piece of that that was the flip side is if there's a little collection of people that do feel like they are favored by directors and staff, I can find that a, a very catty, there's a catty situation happen because you feel like you're protected by that relationship so you can treat others differently. So two very different ways that that impacts your contestants all by the same respect. So being impartial and providing, like you said, every single contestant with the same opportunity. And that's hard. So for the directors that have contestants that come back year after year, you will develop relationships with them. You'll start to, they'll start to know families and life stories and more background just because you're more exposed to that person. And it's very, very challenging. So it's so critical to treat every single extent the same way, um, like, 
not re- not not reacting on social media to certain things of theirs and not doing it for others. Like it, it's so difficult. And so I think, from my opinion, when in doubt, um, just don't don't comment, don't show the extra. Um, and it might be challenging because in the pageant industry, directors are some of the best people that you can meet and they want to develop those relationships. And I know it's really challenging for them to have to turn off that part of their personality during competition time and as they're following their life of their contestants. Um, I think it's a really, really difficult balance that they have to strike. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And another thing, too, while while we were talking that I was just thinking of is like, you know, sometimes directors among each other might talk about contestants performance and whatnot. And, you know, I've witnessed that from backstage, like overhearing directors speak about contestants. And, um, you know, I think as a director, the best thing is if you're going to, you know, maybe and even if it's positive, like, oh, I really like her talent. Then you're like, oh, well, how come she didn't say that about my talent? You mm-hmm. know, and and you think about that. And so just being aware that, you know, even when you think it's a private conversation, like how we said before, behind closed doors, you never know if somehow a contestant's going to find out. And that then spreads through through the rest of the contestant pool. Yeah. Sometimes I hear stories and I'm like, how on earth is that getting around? And Mm -hmm. it's, again, that first thing we said, like knowing your circle and being comfortable enough in what you're saying that it won't get around. Because I, I just hear so many things. Oh, this director said this. And I'm like, what? First of all, why on earth would they say that? Sometimes it seems so outrageous. But two, who in their, who in their circle do they think is in their circle, but is sharing this information, which is the scariest part. Everyone wants to know the most inside scoop because it feels like, I think people think it gives them power in life, which is... Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you're laughing because you probably can think of three people right off the top of your head that are like that. Um, yeah. So it's all, it's all about the circle. Um, so with that, like, let's dive into the next topic is what happens when the organization itself is the one doing the bullying? And I'm, I'm going to let you roll with this one, Cara. Yeah. Um, so like how I said before, I mean, it's definitely a top down. And when it's the organization themselves, it is really difficult because women feel, you know, from my personal experience, you feel very alone. You feel like you really don't have anywhere to turn or any type of option. Um, so, you know, in that moment, it kind of then goes back to our very first question and our first group we identified of contestants kind of against contestants. And that's something that, you know, while I have experienced it, I've also experienced what it's like to have contestants uplift you and um, empower you in a way that you never expected before. And that's what really happened in in my circumstance, at least, was that, you know, when I felt very alone and like I had nowhere to turn, um, it was the women that that really kept me going and the women that, you know, continuously, you know, reminded me that, you know, I was chosen for that position and that they were so proud of me. And, um, you know, it, it can be really difficult when that's the type of bullying situation you're in and you you don't really have um you know, a group that is supporting you. And so I think that's one of the first things is if that is happening or you have experienced it, try to find a group that, you know, your inner circle will always be there with you, but somewhere where you can really feel um, the empowerment and the encouragement. And then that's really what kind of leads you to be able to to change the status quo um, and to, you know, let it know that that's not okay. Um, but it, it can be 
unfortunately it happens and I've experienced it and it's it's really difficult because when you're put in a position where you feel like it's such an honor and you know it's something that you worked for your whole life it's really it's really tough then to say is this something that I should just put my head down and be okay with or is this something that I'm not okay with the next woman experiencing and is it something I should kind of fight for um so so it's really tough so I think a lot of this stems from pageant directors very often are former contestants that want to continue to be involved in the industry and be directors because that's the next, the common next step for a lot of contestants that have either aged out or won out. And it's wonderful that they want to be involved in the industry long-term. However, I find that the organizations that you look at that do have a history of bullying um, amongst their systems and them being the core of that is they still want that spotlight for themselves. And mm -hmm. that's really challenging to be a contestant and even potentially a winner of that pageant because that's supposed to be your year where you are the representative of the system. And if you have a director that very much also wants that attention, you're constantly going up against them and they're viewing you as a threat to that, to their spotlight. That's when I find it the most. So what I would suggest, um, and I will let you weigh in on that car if you'd like, but what I would suggest is when you're entering a new pageant or you're exploring a new pageant, ask people what they think of the director. And I would say like you on Facebook, even identify three past contestants. Hey, I'm reaching out because I'm thinking about entering this pageant. I would love to know about your experience with the director of the pageant and do you have a current relationship with them and past contestants have no reason to not give their their honest opinion and that will tell you a lot because the director like Kara has said time and time again it's from the top down and if people are leaving that pageant saying oh my gosh that director is so amazing I love them I still talk with them that's what you want you don't want they really weren't approachable. They really didn't hear what I wanted in my year. Um, and I constantly felt like I was being pushed aside for them. And that happens. So you I, you need to do your due diligence to make sure you're in a system where that won't. So I'll let you weigh in too, Kara. Yeah. No, I that is remarkable advice. And what's really hard, I know, like at least for me, was after I did say something, um, you know, you say it because you want to stop it. You don't want this behavior to continue for the next contestant. And the number of people who said, oh, well, I'm so strong. It won't happen to me. And um, it does. Like, you know, it wasn't just happening to me. It was happening to other people that I had seen from staff members and, you know, witnessing comments that were said behind people's backs and, you know, just not productive conversation that should be said in a women's empowerment organization. And so, you know, when asking someone of, of their their experience that you like, like you said, they really don't have anything to lose. They're going to tell you what it was. And it can be really easy to think, oh, well, that was because it was this contestant or, you know, I won't have that same experience. But really take a moment to think about, you know, the fact that bullying is a behavior like we identified before where it's seeking harm and intimidating someone in a vulnerable position and when you're being bullied it feels very personal but kind of removing yourself from it and recognizing that it wouldn't be just you it would be whoever was in that position um and so you know when you ask for advice of another contestant or asking their perspective you know really do take it at at face value because 
it, it's going to be easy to think, oh, that won't happen to me. And, you know, I had to take moments where I kind of removed myself from the situation. And I thought about, okay, if I was competing this year, would I still go through it? And my answer was yes, because I would be in the same mindset that these contestants would be. I would think, you know, oh, it's not going to happen to me or, you know, I'll be, I'll be chosen under this leadership or, you know, like I, I have the qualities and it's, it's going to be different. And unfortunately, a lot of the times it's not. Yeah. And I think to one, you're in it and that's your year of service. And if you're experiencing the bullying during your year of service, it's hard because you're at their mercy. If they don't mm-hmm. like you, they may not find appearances for you. They might not fulfill their prize package responsibilities if you feel like you rock the boat. And I really commend your bravery for everything you said and did during your year because it's not easy to do. And it's... You did the absolute right thing because as soon as you give up your title, um, there's this is twofold here. One, a lot less people are interested in what you do and say. Is that am I correct in saying that? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, people are listening more when you have the crown on your head. That's what we know in the pageant industry. So I think it's it's the hardest thing to do if you're still a title holder, but it's also the most impactful thing to, to do if you are not comfortable speaking up during that year because again like we just said you speak up it can have a lot of negative repercussions so if you wait i personally think nothing is more powerful than a title holder not endorsing the pageant of the title they just held and publicly doing so so if you're afraid to do it in the moment that's okay because i totally understand why you would have that intimidation that cara has been talking about but I will say one thing that Kara did so right, and I would suggest to others that maybe do want to speak out about an experience, is my favorite phrase of 2021, have the receipts. Um, and yeah. when I say that, I mean, have details. And don't just say it was a horrible experience. Say it wasn't a positive experience because X, Y, and Z, because people will take it so much more to heart if you're illustrating to them what you experienced, not just that you were bullied. And when I talk to contestants, when I'm coaching them, if they talk about being bullied, I'm like, you have to tell the story. Like mm-hmm. you have to open up your heart and share with them because everyone can say they were bullied. But if you paint that picture of what life was like for you in that experience, people will relate to you. They will believe you. And they're much less likely to label you as someone that, oh, it's just trendy to say that you're bullied. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can illustrate the story, I mean, if you can have backup information, you know, I have so many screenshots and emails that I saved. And, you know, that also when you're in it, it gives you a lot of validation of like, this isn't just me being emotional, right? Because I think as mm-hmm. as women, that's what a lot of people were said was, oh, just put your head down, it's going to be fine. Because I there was a lot of people who knew what was going on before it actually came to light. And that's a lot of what I was told. And so, you know, being able to illustrate it, but then also having having the physical proof is is helpful too, because you know that, you know, this isn't just something that, you know, maybe I misinterpreted on a phone call or, you know, anything like that. It you actually can physically hold it and say, This is this is what I overcame. Um, and you know, another thing that I 
kind of now that we're talking and as memories are coming back is, you know, I remember in that moment, I kept thinking to like looking back on, on past experiences of bullying and recognizing that like, you know, a bully doesn't just stop bullying, right? Like their target mm-hmm. maybe moves away, moves on, they find a new target. And so keeping that in mind as well is, like I said, it can feel so personal. Um, it can feel like an, a, you know, a attack on who you are, but recognizing that that bully is, is going to find a new target and, you know, you just have happen to be the one that they went after at that moment. Yeah. And okay. I, I, we have, we have a couple more questions I want to get through and there's (laughs) so much to say. Um, the, the next question I want to segue to quickly is how do things change when adults are the ones that are being bullies? And, um, for those of us that are not adults, um, in the industry, or, um, maybe you are listening and your daughter or son is a pageant participant and you're wondering what the heck to do if this happens to your child. And my, my advice on that is if you are a child or you are not, you wouldn't consider yourself an adult for whatever reason, find an adult to be an advocate alongside of you. I don't want them to have the voice unless you're in, unless you're like, if you're talking about a contestant that's a preteen or lower that just may not have the ability to express themselves that way, but have, have at least one other adult in your corner that can amplify your voice and is there to support you. Because if you are in an uneven matchup where someone is a pageant director and they have a ton of influence in the industry and there's little old you, one contestant, one time, obviously I can imagine a ton of people going against that person. And Cara, you can certainly weigh in on that specifically if you'd like. Um, so with that said, like find people that will support you, amplify your voice. And three, just like be there if you need that like reassurance that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and it can be really difficult, you know, saying something and it only coming from one party. Um, for me, like when I when I spoke out, I had all of these women coming out and, and saying similar stories and experiences that, you know, they felt very silenced that they couldn't say. And while it wasn't the exact, you know, in that moment, they didn't experience what I had experienced. They had experienced something so much similar. And um, it really did hold a lot of power and, and a lot of weight into what I was saying. Um and kind of going back to the families, like we had talked about, um, remembering that, you know, if if the adult saying the, the bullying comment is a family member and they're saying it about another family member, you know, one of the most powerful things is that I always think about, you know, when you when you identify that individual, you're going to say so-and-so's mom or so-and-so's dad. Like it's never the identity of that individual. They're a direct reflection of the contestant. Mm -hmm. And so if it's coming from the family, recognizing that you are representing that, that woman and you should be on the same behavior and the same standard that she's on. Um, especially when, when, you know, as a family, she takes over the title, you're going to be still involved. And it's important that you uphold that, that same standard that she is. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And okay, let's, do you have anything else you want to add about any of the questions we discussed today before we wrap things up and end it on a very positive note? Um, no, not necessarily. Other than, I guess the main, the main thing is that, you know, Unfortunately, bullying does happen and it happens in all aspects of our life, not just in school or in pageantry. We see it in, you know, um, jobs. I mean, it, it unfortunately continuously happens. And, you know, at the same time, when you overcome it, it can be pretty empowering. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, so recognizing that it's not a personal attack on yourself and instead finding finding your inner circle and finding the people that are going to empower you and encourage you. And at the end of the day, I know, at least for me, I'm still so grateful for what pageantry has taught me. Um, and while there's, you know, bumps along the way and things you don't expect and treatment you don't deserve, <laughs> um, there's also so many amazing moments that that make the industry worth it. Well, I will tell one quick story because you just you just said something that really hits home. And you said that when you do stand up for yourself, it is extremely empowering. And I can remember a time I was sitting in a Starbucks with a sponsor of mine and I overheard people talking about an appearance I made the day before, not realizing that I was in that very same Starbucks. Like how ironic that all of this came at like the perfect storm. So I'm overhearing it. And my sponsor's overhearing it too. So how mortified was I about this? I would later find out that the person talking negatively about me was my my husband's ex-girlfriend. So I'm sure there was mm-hmm. some jealousy rooted there. And because, again, I was in front of a sponsor who was very supportive of me. And I said, I'm not going to let them see me take this. And I walked over to the table and I said, I couldn't help but overhear your opinion on my appearance. And the reason I was at that event was because this charitable organization invited me and I was able to help amplify X, Y, and Z. And I'm really sorry that you weren't able to see all of the good that came from that. And I walked away. So I was respectful. Mm -hmm. I stood my ground. And I still think about that being one of my most proud moments because if I think when I was, even 10 years before, when I was 15 years old before that happened... I was like, I would never have had the guts to march myself right over to that person and say that in front of someone else. And that's the strength that comes with being in pageantry is learning how to effectively communicate. So um, you're absolutely right. The empowerment that comes from standing up for yourself in the long run will do so much more for you than sitting idly by. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can the pageant community as a whole come together and combat bullying? What do you think? You know, as an industry, I think we just really need to let, you know, make make the messaging known that we're not going to tolerate it, um, that it's it's not acceptable, that, you know, this is a competitive environment, but we're here to better one another. We're here to encourage one another. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there might only be one title holder. But I always say that what I gained from pageantry wasn't necessarily the title. It was the skills and the lessons. And those lessons include, you know, knowing how to overcome um bullying. And, and like you said, you know, I, I never expected to be able to have that courage and that bravery. And I don't think if I, if I would have been in pageantry, I ever would have developed it. And, um, so, so as an industry, I definitely think, you know, we all need to come together and, and let individuals know that it's not going to be tolerated and it's, you know, we're holding ourselves to a higher standard. And I find that in, in the portal that people can ask me questions at Pageant Planet, a lot of people come to to us as Pageant Planet to tell us their horror stories because they don't want their voice at all. And that's just not who Pageant Planet is as a brand. It's not our job or responsibility to share subjective viewpoints because that's what it is. It's your opinion. And your opinion might be valid as heck. And you really want to get it out there. But unfortunately, we we cannot just start exposing drama and laundry of the industry because we don't know all the sides. So if you do send us that information, um, we certainly appreciate it, but, but know that that's our stance. And we would more encourage you to leave a review on that pageant's 
profile so someone else can see this down the line. So our best in pageantry judges can see it and weigh that kind of information. And again, it's one person's thoughts and it may be um, a isolated incident. It may be a singular viewpoint. So I said that with best in pageantry, but don't feel like that's going to totally negate it. One negative review because that's not always the case. But we're going to encourage you to use your own voice to gain that empowerment, that identity. Um, so I, I understand that people would want that to be anonymous, but it, unfortunately it doesn't work that way. Um, and we want you to have strong voices in those skills that Cara just said. Um, but I, I would love to hear what the community thinks about Conversations That Matter. Was this a conversation that you found value in? Please let us know. And you can let us know by emailing support at pageantplanet.com. Dot com and let's know what you thought. And if you have suggestions for some future conversations, uh, we'd love to hear it. So thank you for listening. And if you received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really helps us keep the show going. Until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.